Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas, as well as chase Chinese dramas as they air and follow Chinese entertainment news. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. We had a great discussion in our last In the Know episode on the major streaming platforms in the Chinese entertainment industry. Today, we'll expand on that a little bit, namely on what content is able to be aired on what platforms or networks. If you enjoy this type of content, please let us know. Send us an email at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com, post on our social media, or on our website at chasingdramas.com. We would love to hear from you. There haven't been a whole lot of dramas airing recently that has piqued our interest, which is why we've been a little quiet on the drama updates episodes. But if you guys think that we should put out an episode regardless on what's out there, let us know. That is no problem for us at all. Also, finally, Kathy wrote an extensive review for The Blue Whisper, which has been posted on our website. So do check that out. I also wrote up a review for The Strange Tales of Tang Dynasty as well. We're not going to do a podcast episode on it, but those drama reviews are on our website. So I got the inspiration for today's podcast episode because Yang Mi is about to have her medical drama, Xie Xie Ni Yisheng, or Thank You Doctor, to air on CCTV 8. Once the news dropped, her fans immediately began flaunting this news when the schedule was announced. Why? Well, we'll dive in. In our last In the Know episode, we introduced the four main streaming platforms that are now popular in China for Chinese dramas. But I want to talk about the differences between, in Chinese, what they're called wangju, or web dramas or online dramas, versus shang xingju or network TV. Now, I think there's a little bit of an opposite phenomenon versus what we see in the States. With the rise of Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney+, Hulu, HBO, and whatever else streaming platform there is out there in the States, many actors and actresses are able to partner with these platforms or at least be hired by them to create content. And it's almost more preferable to partner with the likes of an HBO now because these platforms not only earn revenue, but also do quite well at awards shows like the Golden Globes or the Emmys. Now, I recognize that HBO has its own actual television uh, channel, but the point still stands. There has been steep competition with Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu at the award shows as well. Network TV may have had some hits here and there, but they're being dwarfed by these streaming platforms. Sure, some streaming platforms may be seen to have better quality than others, but my perception at least is that the star power of someone who had a fantastic role in a Netflix show is not necessarily below someone uh, or that of someone who starred on something on ABC or NBC these days. But that is not necessarily the case in China. Before we get into those discussions, let me first start off with the differences between an online-only drama, or a wangju, and a network drama, or a shangxingju. 
The first is, of course, where the dramas can be aired. A network drama can be aired both on a streaming platform and either a regional television network or, of course, CCTV. But an online drama can only be aired online. It will never be seen on a TV network. Oftentimes, the decision is set before the drama goes into production because the producers need to submit the drama for filing of whether it can be approved for a network drama or an online-only drama. For example, Xiao Zhan's upcoming drama Yu Gu Yao or The Longest Promise was submitted as an online-only drama. In recent years, the divide between Wang Zhu and Shang Xing Zhu or the online-only dramas and the network dramas have become more and more apparent. Before, I would say even last year, there were opportunities for dramas that were very popular online to then have a second round airing on network television. So they started as web dramas only and then were able to get enough of a following to air on a network television spot. This was actually the case for Yanxi Gongrue or the story of Yanxi Palace in 2018, which is, of course, the drama that we are discussing now. And the other example is Qing Yunian or Joy of Life in 2019 and 2020. Now, however, the Chinese National Radio and Television Administration has very much cracked down on what can and cannot air. So it is extremely rare for dramas that once started online to air on network TV. Now, I know that this is very different than in the U.S. because, of course, if something's on Netflix, it will never show on, let's say, ABC or NBC. But that is, again, because what ABC produces only airs on ABC. But sometimes, for example, ABC shows can go on Disney+. Plus. But I would say Disney Plus shows cannot go and air on ABC. The second main difference we want to talk about is, of course, the types of dramas that can be aired. The review process for dramas that are to be aired on network television is much more stringent. These dramas face a lot more scrutiny during reviews and due to the rules stated by the Chinese National Radio and Television Administration, the types of dramas that can be aired on network TV is much more limited. The dramas that can be aired are usually modern-day dramas, such as medical dramas, family soap dramas, or else involve some sort of positive political message. It is increasingly rare to see period dramas on network television due to these restrictions. For the period dramas that do air, they are primarily considered zhengju, or proper historical dramas rather than the more fantasy uh, versions that we enjoy on the streaming platforms. Earlier this year, we discussed Zhao Liying's Xingfu Jia, which aired on network television and basically fulfills all of those above modern day drama criteria. Dramas that involve time travel, changing of history, esports, homosexual relationships, and some fantasy topics are banned from airing on network television. Those dramas, though, can air on online-only platforms. But those rules also change quite often. So, for example, a couple years ago, 
some form of changing of history was allowed, but now there's also been a crackdown of these types of dramas, even on online only uh, TV shows. And so that's why before you had all of these dramas had to be set in a actual historical time period for historical dramas. And now we're talking about dramas that are set in fantasy world because the uh, administration changed their positioning quite heavily on this. The biggest drama last year, You Are My Glory, got a lot of attention when it aired in the summer and was one of the most watched dramas of the year. And this was on Tongxun, uh, of course. Or Tencent. Or Tencent. But because it included a heavy esports component, the drama wasn't able to air on any network station. Now, as you can imagine, one of the reasons for these stringent rules is that because in China, the media is controlled by the government, they, by and large, are extensions of the messaging that the Chinese government wants to impart on the public. With so many people consuming television now, there are societal norms and aspects of history that the Chinese government wants to promote and others that it does not want to promote. I will say esports, I didn't really understand why they said no esports on network television, but that is just one of those examples in which esports for online shows, yes, you can have, but for network TV, maybe because they, they, the government didn't want too many people playing esports, they said, nope, you cannot air that on network TV. The last difference between an online-only drama and a network TV drama that I want to discuss today is then the production quality and funding for a drama. Dramas that air now on network TV are backed by a combination of powerful production companies, A to B-list stars, or a lot of money. In recent years, network shows will target the A-list stars such as Sun Li from Empresses in the Palace to act in these dramas. This means that there aren't that many opportunities for younger actors and actresses to land a role on a network. They now often start up a career on one of the streaming platforms and then work their way up. However, I will acknowledge that on average, the acting quality on a network drama is higher than that of a web-only or online-only drama. It is kind of a bummer for some of the rising or up-and-coming stars because their predecessors, for example, like Sun Li or Zhao Liying or Yang Mi, didn't have the option or the obstacle, actually, to star only in web dramas. Back then, there was no online-only drama, so regardless, they had to just uh, film dramas that would air on network TV. For many of the online dramas, I'll admit, it is quite obvious that they can have extremely small productions with low budgets. And oftentimes, the actors and actresses are no-name individuals starting out in their career. However, that doesn't mean that these smaller productions don't have their place. One of the first streaming dramas to air was called Go Princess Go or Tai Zi Fei Shang Shang Ji from 2015. That aired on Le Shi Television, which I totally forgot existed until I looked up Go Princess Go. So that just shows you how quickly 
uh, streaming platforms rise and fall. That drama particularly was a very fun one. It's just 36 episodes long, but the drama was notorious for being extremely poor or frugal, and so the clothing and even hairstyles for this drama were simplistic. But despite being poor and simplistic, this drama exploded in popularity, making it the hit online drama in late 2015 and early 2016. It also skyrocketed Zhang Tian Ai, whom we've also talked about on our podcast, to the top of the list for up-and-coming female actresses. It's become almost a meme at this point for how poor the production company was and how to make the drama quote-unquote look fancy. They just had bold color palettes and floaty fabric everywhere due to liberal use of fans blowing everywhere, but hey, it worked. What I also think is important is that the storyline for this drama in 2015 was rather liberal, to the point that they had to cut up a bit of it in recent years due to regulation to cleanse it for today's audiences in order for it to still be uh, viewable online. But that was originally the freedom you get for being a streaming drama rather than being on a network. One of the critiques of the streaming platforms now is that it has introduced a lot more mediocrity in Chinese dramas, which I think can be said similarly for US platforms. How many people are underwhelmed by the content on Netflix or just, you know, flick through things because there's a dearth of interesting content on these platforms to watch? For Chinese Wangju, there's been rising complaints that costumes, hairstyles, and storylines are too similar or not intricate enough. One of the reasons for this is because directors and production companies are seen to be focused on churning out dramas rather than spending time on quality. Sure, there's a lot more content and you do have to sift through things, but I do find that there's been a lot more variety in the content that is available on streaming platforms. So there's give and take, and that's actually pretty much our job <laughs> to go through some of the more popular ones or give our opinions as we review these dramas. In China, and this is a generalization, Many actors and actresses still strive to have a drama air on one of the network TV station slots or on CCTV. It is essentially a step up in terms of their acting status. Despite the popularity of many of the dramas on streaming platforms today, people who do well there are viewed kind of not at the same level of the actors and actresses who frequent the network TV stations. In our last episode, we discussed the various distribution avenues in which TV dramas are aired in China. We focused on the streaming platforms because they are the major distributors of content these days. But surprisingly, they are actually on the bottom of the pyramid, so to speak, with regards to the quality of content and prestige. If we have a pyramid, at the tippy top of prestige in China is any drama that had its first airing on the CCTV channels. As we mentioned last week, CCTV, which is the Chinese central television, is aired on all TVs in China. Because of its status as the country's TV channel, there is extra importance placed on dramas that air on CCTV. If an actor or actress has his or her drama air exclusively on CCTV, 
then that's bragging rights for quite a while. This is because this means that CCTV has cleared all of their reviews for the drama, so that's a stamp of approval or the stamp of approval. This also means that since CCTV is in every household, there's a built-in viewership that includes all age ranges and one where fans can tout to say, look at this uh, airing or these viewership ratings. What spurred this whole conversation or this episode is, again, because Yang Mi will have her new drama air on CCTV 8, which is a big stamp of approval for her. It's been a while, honestly, since she's had a drama air on network TV, so she must be breathing a sigh of relief here. This drama finished filming last year, and they held out on airing this drama online in hopes of getting a slot on network TV. The strategy to hold out worked well for this drama because ultimately it will air on CCTV 8, which is already a big win. For other dramas though, sometimes they're not that lucky. They hold out for years and then the time is gone. The drama essentially just never airs. Now, the last interesting component or distinction that I want to raise today is that if you want to be an established actor or actress that gets awards, you will need to be in a drama that airs on a network. The Fei Tian Award or Flying Asperger's Award or Fei Tianjiang just took place over the last couple of days, and those awards are highly coveted. But guess what? Only dramas that were on networks were eligible. Therefore, if you want to be an award-winning actor or actress, being in a drama on a network is the only path. Yes, there are award shows for Tencent and whatnot, but it's not the same caliber. This is a stark contrast from the States, where, like we mentioned, streaming-only shows are able to win prestigious awards. Sure, it may be more challenging, but that doesn't mean that they're not able to. In China, there is a strict no-no for these online-only shows. We're not going to talk about this today, but I do want to highlight that there is additional differences between these dramas with online-only and network dramas and movies. So that is going to be topic for another day. And that is it for today. Hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you have any comments or questions, again, please feel free to reach out to us. And also, please, please, please do leave us a rating on whatever platform you listen to us to. Thanks again, and we will catch you in the next podcast episode.